All right, welcome to another edition of the Big Blue Report featuring that guy right there with that great sneaker collection in the background. He didn't get tossed for many games this week for kicking anybody. That's Jonathan Casillas, the two-time Super Bowl champion and defensive captain of the New York Football Giants. And, of course, we have the man underneath, Big Daddy D, the professor, Ryan Darlington. And, guys, we are one week away or under one week away from the NFL draft. And, uh, guys, from the Giants' perspective, I got to tell you, we met with Joe Shane yesterday for his pre-draft uh, press conference. And a couple topics made uh, – made some headlines. I certainly wasn't the draft. Uh, JC, apparently from what I'm hearing, I heard a rumor that Saquon was not a voluntary workout. You don't say. I, I heard there was, a, there was a little chatter. You don't say. There was a little chatter about it yesterday. I have to tell you, from a logical standpoint, now Ryan is the fan. JC, you're the, 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 the player. You're a Super Bowl champion. And I, I'm in that media room. But I have to tell you, I have met some incompetent people in my life. But there's got to be a time in your life where you just have to sort of let something go and move on to the next thing. Absolutely. I looked at the transcript, and I was sitting there for the press conference, and I listened to the press conference back. And I have to tell you, there were seven questions about Saquon Barkley's contract situation. The simple fact of the matter is, and I'll let you guys speak on this topic, in my opinion, he has not signed a tender yet. He wants to negotiate to see if he can get this deal done. We are on April, okay? We are in April. We are just April 21st is when we're taping this show. He doesn't need to be there. He doesn't need to sign anything yet. He has every right to negotiate that deal. If it's the GM's you know, feeling that he does not want to negotiate with this right now and let this whole thing play out, get through the draft, he has the right to do it. He shouldn't be questioned on it. Again, I know we are in the biggest market in sports, and I know we everybody's looking for a headline. And, JC, you know the New York media. If they're not going to get you to answer the question the first time, they're going to reshape the question a second time to see exactly. if it can get you to crack. But it was obsessive yesterday, and it was frustrating. Now I will let you guys speak on the topic. Saquon Barkley is not in voluntary workouts, and you know what? It's okay. So Ryan, I actually walked in uh, on that Joe Shane, I guess, seventh Saquon Barkley question. I, I don't know, but right away, I sensed that he was frustrated with that topic kind of right away. And um, when I went to BBKL, that's the first thing that I said. I said, he sounds like he was uh, had enough of the Saquon questions, but I didn't know it was the seventh or eighth you know, a uh, question of the night on the, on the topic, which he's answered <laughs> so many times, not including today or yesterday, excuse me, uh, at the press conference uh, on Thursday. But um, it's, it's like, when is too much? Like how many is too much? Like what, when is like, all right guys, like, you know what I mean? But uh, this is the first time, Randy, first time that I seen Joe Shane kind of break character, you know, he kind of broke character a little bit, you know, but, I think he was he, he now he seems like a human being now. I felt like he was on float mode. You know, and I've been giving him nothing but the utmost praise, yeah. you know, for the longest, you know, rightfully so. He deserves it. He's been doing a fantastic job ever since he took over um, you know, as as the manager for for the New York Football Giants. He's been doing a terrific job. And look, I, I like the way he handled it. You know, he's like, all right, like, you know, kind of put a little tone 
but wasn't disrespectful, but you can tell that he was frustrated. Um, so he let a little bit out. And, you know, he's a, he's a class act. You know, he finished the, the he finished it, I think, okay. He didn't look like you said he cut it short, but I don't know if it's because they maybe started late. You know what I mean? And he still got stuff to do. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, you know, it was cool. But at the end of the day, Saquon, he can't be here right now because he didn't sign. Right. He didn't sign a franchise tag. So it's not like he's choosing not to show up like Dexter Lawrence is. But that's a another conversation, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Saquon can't be here, but he has until July 17th to figure out if he's actually going to get a new deal or not. Right. That is the date that we all need to pay attention to, because I think everybody you know, we're all optimistic about him actually getting a deal done. And me being a realistic person, I actually see that happening because at the end of the day, it's like, bro, you can play for $10 million this year, or you can play for like 15, 20, $30 million. Possibly if they can move some numbers around with a less than 12 year average, because that's the number that they want to keep down. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to, if they can get him signed, they can actually use that franchise tag for Dexter Lawrence. So right. it actually makes sense for him to, for him to, you know, to, to get signed. And I think for both sides and at the end of the day, because he has that tag on, he's not going to hit the market. You know what I mean? So it's not like he can go elsewhere. So he has to kind of take what the giants give him, and the giants have the leverage ever since Daniel Jones signed, and they was able to place that franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. The Giants actually have the leverage. And um, look, we all want Saquon there. I, I don't think there's a question that he's not going to be there. And, and just and, how, you know, and how. he was in Arizona. He was in Arizona with the rest of the offense. He was working yep. out with the guys. So it's not like he doesn't want to be here. Everyone just has just has to be patient. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a matter of what do we really need to be focused on right now. Right. right. What what is it really that's important right now? Is it Saquon's contract, which we have until July 17th to figure out? Is it Dexter Lawrence's contract, which I guess they are kind of working on a little bit here and there? Right now, the focus is on what's going to happen on April 27th, right? Um, and and the thing about the thing about Saquon's situation is that we do have some leverage, right? We do have we, I mean, if you think about it, we kind of got him by the short and curlies a little bit. We've got him. We've got the tag on him. It is a non-exclusive tag, so other teams can definitely come in and make an offer. But or they're not. But they're, they're not. not go, they're they're not see, but that's yeah. why there's no urgency. Right. It's because Shane sees the market. He knows that there's not going to be teams clamoring over one another to, to grab a hold of Saquon, or they would have done it by now. And if it hasn't happened by now, then it means that there's no real urgency to signing him up. It behooves everybody. Giants as an organization, Saquon uh, as a player, it behooves him to sign a longer term deal, a two to three year deal. It's going to be a Shane contract. So there's going to be an out after a second year. But what it does is it pays him more money annually than what the cap would pay him. A and B, it allows us to shift around the signing bonuses and what's actually due and things like that to actually give us a little bit more wiggle room this year, right now. Because right now, fellas, we're just over what, just over two million in cap space. And that's not even going to sign our draftees. We still haven't even talked about Leonard Williams yet. I mean, and so at the end of the day, he knows where the priorities are, and the priority is not with signing Saquon long term right now. It will be. Eventually, there's going to be a time for that. But right now, the time right now, the focus is and this may be why he's getting a little short, because there 
there is so much going on with yep. the draft, with considerations for this player versus that player, who's going to be available. And, you know, like he said in the press conference, when you're picking at five or five and seven, you've got a little bit of a better idea about which direction you're going to go. Right. When you're, when you're down in the twenties, you know, it's much, much more difficult to figure out what the actual, what's actually going to come your way. They've got to do, mock draft after mock draft and really kind of, if they want to have a plan for every um, inevitability and every, every possibility, that's a lot of time that they're spending trying to figure out what their plan is going to be. And, and I generally feel from what he said the other day too, they have 10 draft picks. And like yeah. you said, about $2 million to play with right now an open salary. So there might be some moving and shaking and Ryan Dunleavy, uh, who's a great giants writer. He does a very, very good job. Uh, he's he was the one who broke Daniel's uh, resigning. Ryan uh, has reported that the Giants are going to be looking to move some draft picks to possibly bring in a veteran player, which may not be the worst thing in the world. But in that, in that same presser on uh, yesterday, the conversation became about the in interior part of the offensive line at the center position with Feliciano being out in San Francisco and Nick Gates no longer here. They talked about what it's going to look like without those two guys there and are they happy with what they have? They just signed the kid from the Steelers who's, who's coming over. They also uh, are very happy with Shane Lemieux, whether that's just lip service, but I think that really, I've said it last time we were on the air, but that's gotta be the main focus in my eyes right now is you need to make sure you keep stockpiling that offensive line. They have 14 people under contract right now for the offensive line. And they want to make sure uh, they have their basis covered. I think right now that's really the number one priority to make sure you have guys who are going to be able to block for Daniel and open up those holes for Saquon to get through. That's It's great if Saquon's here, but if he doesn't have those gaps to get through, it doesn't make a difference anyway. Yeah. This pro JC, the problem that this team has had since you were here has been that offensive line and the consistency of it. Eli was running for his life since 2013 until he retired. Daniel has had a taste of that from his rookie season until about now, or even last year at some points, he was having a hard time. They have Evan Neal. They're hoping that he progresses. Andrew Thomas has been one of the best in the league at his position. Now you have to start solidifying the middle part of that line. So you have, so you can go out and pay those position players and have that solidified. That's why they won two Super Bowls against the Patriots. It's because that offensive line and that defensive line had so much depth so when they had injuries that happened that usually occurred during the season, they were able just to fit guys in without missing a beat. They haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, look, Kareem, Kareem McKenzie was the weak part in that line, and that's pretty damn good, right? I mean, if you think about uh, the son-in-law, Snee, you got O'Hara, you got Seibert, you got all of those guys that were just lights out, right? And that's yeah. what – I think that's what really, you know – they, they've said, I've heard so many people say that it starts and ends with the line, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, and so when you've got those elements locked up, then you're, you're in pretty decent shape. Um, I think it's interesting though. This one thing that we all have to remember is that this is what I lovingly term bullshit week, right? No team in the NFL is going to tell you exactly who they're going for. And, and I think by Shane saying, we're happy with what we got, we're good. Right. I think that's them saying. Great, great screensaver right there. 
<laughs> great screen, great screen game. You froze for a second, Ryan. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. That was just me apologizing for answering the question that you asked, JC. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, JC. I know I, I know I threw a whole bunch of stuff out there, but please feel free. No, but I mean, when we talk about the O-line, like, you know, when we, you look at the Giants O-line, I think on both of the outsides, uh, you know, with Thomas being, you know, the the pro that we all thought he was going to be, we saw that last year, him having a dominant year on the offensive side of the ball, which he was like the 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 most consistent player probably on the whole entire team if you think about it uh yeah. for the for the consistency of the, for the duration of the year um and then on the other side we saw somebody who struggled you know on the other side of the line um which is a young guy he also had a knee injury in Evan Neal um and I look at Thomas and possibly he can rub off on him because Thomas was once a struggler he struggled a little bit early on in his career the first two years rookie year was pretty bad um, and now he's turning it around relatively quick, you know, so hopefully that can rub off on him. And now as, as far as the interior goes, um, I also heard Joe Shane uh, address the offensive line and he was asked about center and he was asked about uh, Gates and Feliciano. And he said that, oh, we've been preparing for this right after the Eagles game. He he was he understood that they could possibly leave, so he was already thinking about life after them, uh, you know, early on in in uh, in, in in the off season. So that gives me thought because he hasn't brought anybody in really. He brought the the guy, uh, JC, uh, the long last name. Yeah, Has, it, Hassenauer, I think. Yeah, Hassenauer. Bless you. All right. Bless Sorry. You. Sorry, Sorry, JC. JC. Yeah, JC yeah. German. Guy. I remember JC right. though. Yeah, you, I, mean, <laughs> I remember JC. I you see know? what he did there. I see I, what he did there. I know they brought, they brought him in, but he's he wasn't really uh, like a heralded starter, yeah. you know. Yeah. So he's gonna add depth to the offensive line. For me, I love depth. I think a team that has, you know, depth at every position, uh, even you look at the division, the Eagles kind of have depth at every position. We'll see what happens this offseason with them. But last year, 2022, they had depth all over. And the Giants need depth. You need quality guys because at the end of the day, we all know somebody's going to get hurt. And they may start the season with a five, and they might have to move it because of somebody not playing well, but they also might have to move the rotation because somebody's hurt and you want to be bringing in a quality player, but they haven't really brought too many people in. So I'm thinking they, they're going to go in the draft and get, get a, get an off, offensive lineman interior, probably at that first pick, you know, this is me kind of just guessing at what they're going to do because it's been all over the place all off season about, you know, potentially what the Giants are going to do that early. Are they going to go corner? Are they going to go offensive line? Are they going to go receiver? You know, those are kind of the main three positions that's been asked. But I think we all know that offensive line has to be paramount to their offseason plans. And it doesn't seem like they's, they've addressed that too much. So I look for them to grab maybe a couple of guys in the draft, if not just one but at least a couple of guys in, in the draft to address the offensive line. And I'm curious about what they actually are going to focus on because I feel like when you get a draft, you know, and you need certain things, you kind of focus on one thing. Is it overall depth? Is it the offensive side? Is it the defensive side? So I'm interested to see how, how they're going to basically attack the draft this year. And and one, I'm sorry, Ron. I just wanted to bring up one other point yeah. too. And, and, and Joe Shane brought up a really interesting point too about – what you're looking for, because obviously he said there's there was a, because of COVID, there was an extra year of eligibility for a lot of these players that are coming out this year. So they got that one extra year. And so you have some guys who are coming out a little bit more pro ready than others. 
uh, he talked about on how he compared to last year, he has a better idea what Kafka's looking for. He has a better idea of what Wink is looking for on his side of the ball. So now it's what's out there. Okay, if we're if we're steady here, this doesn't have to be our main focus. Let's let's aim for here where maybe we're not that safe. And I think right now, I think there's always improvements you can do. If you know, obviously, if you can find someone better to play this position than what we have, you obviously going to go with the better player. But you know, we still they're still talking about wide receivers and. You know, and one of the questions, JC, I didn't have the opportunity to ask because we were dealing with all this other nonsense was I wanted to bring up the fact that they re-signed Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton at a premium price compared to where they were last year. Last year, both guys took such a major pay cut, only about making one point one million to one point five, both of them each, to now making close to two to three million dollars each. That's some extra money that we were talking about. Was that the right Thing to do to spend that type of money on those two guys. Sterling Shepard is an amazing locker room guy. He was a leader. He showed the right example, even being hurt. There's guys who get hurt and you don't see them for the rest of the season. Right. You just yeah. answered your own question. Right. Right. I right. was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the major thing. And even Slayton, Slayton has a great relationship with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. And and we understand that, you know, and that says a lot. When you have that familiarity with, you know, the guy you're throwing the ball to, that that definitely that's very helpful, you know. And I, I definitely see Slayton as a locker room guy as well, you know. And you need guys like that. You need guys that are veteran. Look, he's a young guy, but he's still a, he's a veteran. You know, he's been yeah. around the league for a while. He's he's made some big plays in the NFL. You know what I mean? And he's you know had his ups and his downs. But like now, you can sit there and say, okay, Slayton is a veteran receiver. Let's see how he does this year. We all know Sterling. You know Shepard. He's very he's very proven. He's proven himself over the years. He just you know had a lot of injuries throughout his career, like you know a lot of people have had. But he's definitely seemed like he's one of those guys that you just needed around at the end of the day. You might not even get a lot of playing time from right. him, but at the end of the day, you need that guy in your locker room because he's all about winning. He's all about you know camaraderie and 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 you know and getting the guys together and and lifting them up and being a motivational figure for them and you saw that last year with him going down very early in the season to uh, a terrible injury late and I feel like it's like a little later in his career too where you can kind of fold it in and he didn't you know he took an opportunity to to be there for his team and you know I think he wheeled him a a couple of wins last year just for him being there his presence you know guys really feed off of that you know and uh, I'm I'm thankful for them for, for for them for the Giants to actually make that move and signing those guys because it just adds to, I think if you really look at it, what Isaiah Hodgins did last year yep. and like Paris Campbell, the, the younger guys coming in, they've had decent years too. Paris Campbell's coming up a pretty decent year over from Indianapolis too. And you, you pair that with Sterling Shepard's body of work, Slayton's body of work. You have a, a good fundamental group of receivers yeah, that one great draft pick, second, third round guy, we're not even talking about Wandell Robinson because he's almost an unproven guy, even though he was a second-round draft pick last year. You add those guys to the mix and maybe get one more guy, you're looking at a formidable offense with, you know, a little bit of depth there as well, you know? So I, yeah. I like what the Giants are doing in the offseason, and I'm very, like I said before, I want to see where they go out in the draft. Uh, maybe we can do a wager and what we think, you know what I'm saying, where we're going to go. Friendly wager, no money. Sure. Maybe maybe some push-ups or who's buying – 
Oh, we I'm buy not dinner. We could do that. We could do the dinner. Push-ups. You can forget about that. I'll buy you that. No, no. The push-ups he's talking about are the ice cream bars. They're the ones oh, you do the push-ups. Oh, it'll it'll just be for show. Like, get down and do them right now. Give me two right now, you know? But, I uh, might be, if I, I'll do two push-ups. I'm going to be in traction for about a week. Randy, <laughs> where do you think the Giants are leaning to in the first round? Given what falls to them, given if they had – you know, a group of guys, a linebacker, uh, uh, you know, uh, offensive lineman, a center, a guard, and then they have a defensive back and they have a receiver all ranked. If we get to 25, we'll take any one of these guys in that scenario. Who do you think the Giants are going to go with? I think uh, from a just from a position standpoint, I think they're going to go the interior somewhere in the interior part of the offensive line. And I that's just. But, I maybe maybe I'm just too realistic where where I think that they I feel this is where they should be going. I honestly feel from an in, they need to solidify the interior part of the line before you can do anything else. That has to be your base for the the quarterback you just spent all the money on, for the the money you're going to spend on the running back, and the money that you just gave your wide receiving core and your tight ends. You need to make sure that offensive line is going to give the quarterback the time that he needs to get those guys the ball. So I think that interior part of the line is going to be the top priority of the draft. What about you, Ryan? What you yeah, thinking? so I, I'm of a couple of minds about this, right? I, I absolutely think that uh, it really is all going to depend, to depend on where the runs happen, right? I mean, if there's a, if there's a run over the first 10 uh, or 15 plays on cornerbacks, then the, the ones that we are looking at in the top part of our draft class are not going to be there, right? If, we're, if there's a run on receivers, it's the same thing. Um, I don't know that there's going to be a run on interior offensive linemen, right? Uh, we know that there are a number of teams that do want a center. Um, the Texans are up there. The Colts are up there. There's a couple of folks that are saying, listen, we do need interior linemen as well, but are they going to be willing to take a flyer in the first round on a center, uh, as well? There are a lot of folks out there. Part of the issue with trying to pinpoint the, the direction that the giants are going to go is that there's such wide, such a wide variety of opinions about where you ought to draft this interior lineman, right? I mean, does uh, does Tipman go in the first round? Does he go in the second round? Does this guy Schmitz go in the first round? Does he go in the second round? Are you reaching if you get him at 25, right? I mean, could you have gotten him down the line in the second round, right? So I'm almost tempted to say, and this is a little bit crazy, but I'm almost tempted to say, if we get to 25 and there's a cornerback on the, on the charts that we really like, okay, we take that cornerback because I think we really could use some additional depth at the defensive back position. And then you maybe package up some of those later round uh, uh, picks. I know they're not worth much, but maybe you don't move up all that much. You move up a little bit in the second round and you pick a Schmitz or you pick a Tipman. I think either one of those guys would be fantastic. I like the idea of Schmitz being an all around player, but I also like the idea of Tipman just beating the shit out of everybody he looks at. Um, and so, I mean, I think if, if, if there's a, uh, if there is a corner, it all depends on who's on their board, right there. They know that we have, Shane knows that we have a lot of positions that we need to fill. I think the big ones, as you mentioned, it's corner, it's interior line. Um, maybe, you know, if, like you said, JC, if there's that star receiver that we didn't think was going to be there at that point, that can really be a, a help to us. Maybe we go that route. 
I think realistically, we're probably looking at a corner first and then trying to move up uh, and pick up our interior alignment. Yeah, I, I think um, if I like the guy from Wisconsin, of course, you know, obviously, Tipman. Uh, if John Michael Smith is there, I think they take him. I yeah. think that's the guy that the Giants would take if he's available. If they have, you know, receiver on the board that's high, and if they have all things even and they have a couple of options to go with, yeah. I think they're going to go with that guy. And I don't think it's – for me, it's like, you know, kind of rolling the dice and just trying to guess. But I think the Giants, they they know they have to address the offensive line and they're going to make a move early on in the draft in the first two rounds. I'm just going to bet it's going to be the, the first round and, and mm -hmm. get one of those guys that's – you know, uh, uh, John Michael Smith's a fifth-year senior, and we talked about the extra year. Yeah. You know, these guys are coming out 22, 23 years old, you know, and they've played a lot of good football. These are grown yeah. men, you right. know, that come in the league. And, you know, playing on offensive line, you be around them. You be around them defensive linemen, right, Randy? They're a lot bigger when you see them in person. Mm -hmm. Defensive linemen, they're a lot bigger when you see mm -hmm. them in person. You look up. I remember, I remember the first time I seen Sean Rogers. Remember Sean Rogers? Oh. I remember the first time I seen him, I was like, you are, you are a huge human being. <laughs> it's like six, seven, six, eight, three hundred and sixty pounds. Like you ever oh, no. I, I felt no. that way. I felt that way the first time I walked into the locker room and I saw Justin Tuck and uh and Brandon Jacobs and some of those guys, especially Brandon Jacobs. I felt like I was You're like running back. Oh my god. You're, I you I, play running back. Yeah, he was but you remember you, you know he's brick he's like a brick house. Brick I remember house. Straight I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, this man must eat children. Like, I'm sitting there, like, <laughs> his son is huge too. Yeah, like, his son yeah, is, is huge. Well, that, picture, that picture of him and Dexter has yeah. uh, has surfaced out a little bit. Um, you, you know what's also very interesting too, guys, and the, the feeling around that Giants uh, facility yesterday. It was the first time in a while I've actually like been there. I think since right around that Eagles game was there's the level of. You know it's business, and we saw I saw Dable very quickly for a couple minutes uh, yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, D Dable Dable was walking around, and he knew exactly where he was. It wasn't like it was last year, obviously, where everyone's still in that feeling out period. And that was one of the questions that we had uh, asked him on Monday: was how is it different now compared to last year? What adjustments are you making? And he is fully aware of the possibility of a second-year hangover. And he wants to try to avoid that. He wants to try to avoid that and keep everybody focused on a week-by-week. Week. You're trying to win that week. And I think that – and he's like he's always also trying to do that like now. Like he's, he's not letting up any information that he doesn't have to let up. JC, you said it during the season last year. Dable is the master – Dable and Sean are the master of the media. It, they're they're like the Derek Jeters of the New York Giants, where he's gonna let they're gonna let you on that patio, but they ain't letting you in that house, man. No. That's just that's just the way it is. No, and then he has like his uh his like his go tos, um, like when they ask about, hey, have you talked to you know Sterling? Have you talked to whoever? Uh, uh you know Saquon? He's like, yeah, I have conversations with him. But uh, you know, we'll we'll keep that in house between us. So he's like, "Yes, we did," and they're all like, "Yeah, yeah." And he always shuts them down, and and he just keep repeats that over and over and over again because, like, that's he has a lot of go tos, and I feel like when whoever coached him in media, and it might have been himself because you can coach yourself, you learn over time, and then you put together like oh, a yeah. plan on how I answer some of these tough questions without divulging too much information. And he doesn't play any games. He just yeah. says, boom, I'm not 
we'd keep that in house. Next question. Ask him again. Yep. I did talk to him too. I actually talked to him the same day, but again, we're going to keep that between us, you know? So he leads him. He definitely leads him on, but um, you know, he, he, he's a, I think he handles it masterfully because he doesn't seem like a prick. He doesn't seem like an a-hole, even though he's kind of running you around in circles a little bit as he's talking, you know, cause he's not giving you too much information um that's how it should be yeah. you know you know at the end of the day you shouldn't tell everybody what's going on people shouldn't know the ins and outs of your organization you know and and even with the guys in the locker room it shouldn't be too much divulged you know on social media you know it, it, everything in a locker room there's you know like there's no cameras in there for a reason you know what i mean like of course guys are you know not wearing clothes at times but like there's other reasons why as well you know what I mean? Like it's a sacred environment. The the when you keep it in house like that, now that feels more sacred. It feels more like a brotherhood. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like and and that's what it really feels like. It's like nobody really knows what's going on but us. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of how they did it. Kind of reminiscent of the Patriots. I was you gonna know, say. The I was about way, to say right? he worked. He worked with Belichick for a long yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. Saban too. He worked with two of the greatest coaches on their respective levels of all time, if not the greatest. Of, on on their levels, that's crazy. It's, it seems like it's a, a little bit of an evolved form, though, right? Because right, right. Bel Belichick right. was a prick, right? right. I mean, so was Saban. Saban so was Saban. an asshole when it mm -hmm. comes to that stuff, and and Dable's just not right. He's not. he's keeping it back. He's he's not giving you any information. He's not showing his cards. Uh, but he's not going to make you. He's not going to treat you like you're not a human being. You know what I mean? So I I find that that's refreshing in a real way, and and honestly. One of the other things that I found really good uh, about the way that Dayball and Shane are approaching this year, even when even in contract negotiations, is that they are trying to be human about it, right? I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, they mentioned in those press conferences that they have formed relationships with Saquon, they have formed relationships with McKinney and 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 and, and Sexy Dexy and all these guys. They love these guys. They don't want to see them go, right? They know that there's a business and they know that there's going to have to be a separation of what they want to do and what they need to do from a business perspective. But there's a mutual respect in there. And there's, I think there is a camaraderie that contributed in a very large way to the success last year. They know that, they see that, and they want to see it happen again this year, but they realize that it is a business and sometimes hard decisions have to be made. I think Joe's going to want to keep Saquon in not only because he likes him, but he knows that he can be a positive force for the, for the offense. Um, but, you know, just the fact that they're just the fact that they have developed those relationships, those relationships mean something to them and that that's a part of the culture that they have brought to the giants is a very positive. I've been working in HR for 20 something years, telling everybody a little bit about me. That's something that you want to try to do. Right. So at the end of the day, the fact that they're doing that in their organization and establishing that truly human ideology as part of who they are and who this team is and who this organization is, is a very, very positive thing in my mind. And, and I also think what you just said, too, about the personal relationships and, and Dexter Lawrence and, you know, Dable and Joe Shane, but also the same thing. They're like, he doesn't have to be here right now. Yeah. And but they're but they're in constant communication. And that's and and. It's not like where it's Saquon, where it's he's not allowed in the building. It's Dexter can show up tomorrow. Yeah, and because you know he's still in their contract. Sure. You know, and and on Monday they asked McKinney about his contract situation, and he knows it's going to take care of itself. He just switched agents, and he knows that 
uh, going into next season, his contract situation is coming up. Andrew Thomas, you know they're going to take care of Andrew Thomas. They want to try and get that done ASAP sure. as well. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces going on. And guys, Ryan, uh, JC, that Ryan and I sat down the other day and we did the way, 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 way too early <laughs> win loss, win loss, win loss game. Uh oh. And uh, Ryan, I, I don't. I, this up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see where it is. I have it. If, if I, if we remember correctly, I think I'm between seven and nine wins again. Yeah, I think you came out at like seven or eight. Yeah, seven or eight wins. That's where yeah. I ended up. And Ryan, Ryan has one loss. And us at the Super Bowl, he's already got the parade going in the parking lot. <laughs> you know, he's he's he and Daniel are hanging out like this, holding up hey, the trophy together. You know, listen, you know. <laughs> let's just be realistic. That's what it's gonna be. You know, yeah. no, I, I think I had them at ten wins. I think you had ten or eleven like wins. You had them yeah. at ten or eleven wins. And um, you know, my my general assumption is obviously until they make go out to the field, you don't know what's what, right, but I, I, I have a real general feeling of there's some of those teams last year that were really bad. who got really injury hit like the Rams, you know, Stafford's going to come back and there's going to be Stafford's revenge this year. Not saying he has all the same pieces to play with, but there's some teams that are just going to be better. You don't know what's going on with the jets with Rodgers. Uh, you know, it's yeah, but like, we, the Giants, the, the, they don't have to pay attention to the AFC at all. You know, they just got to look. First of all, they don't got to pay pay attention to the the rest of the NFC. They just got to pay attention to the NFC East and be competitive. Yeah. Because if the Giants do what they did last year, they're not going to make the playoffs. So I'm not looking at overall record. I'm paying attention to that division record. Because last year they went 1-4-1 and one in the division. Mm-hmm. If they do that again, there's no way they're making the playoffs. And the that only was reason past, they made yeah. the playoffs last year, like you said, because of Rams and 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 the, the NFC South being absolutely boo boo the entire year, and only excuse me, no teams are over five hundred for the entire year. You know, and like that's not going to happen again. You know, it's, it's not. It's not going to happen again. The teams are going to get better. You know, and not to say that the, the this division is going to get any worse, but now you have to compete with the other teams that you're playing in the division when you're looking at that playoff spot. Right? That's what we're looking at. Yeah, and and they, and Shane was uh Joe Shane was asked yesterday about whether he the way he builds his team is he looking at what the division rivals are doing? Yeah, or is he just and and you know it's a, it was a very very good question, and yet you have to keep an eye on what's going on. I like if you look at I we don't know what the Commanders are doing at the quarterback position. That's like one of the really big things. I think Ryan is trying out next week for the Commanders position yeah. uh, for yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm asking for too much money though. They're not going to sign me up. Probably we, get it too. Uh, <laughs> listen, if you can't if you can't make it at the quarterback, you definitely can make it as one of the owners. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, so, and then you look at obviously Dallas. I think Dallas is sort of taking a step back because they're now cutting cutting back on a lot of uh, high priced players. I always feel like that Cowboys always have that window of three to four years where they're always going to make like, win one playoff game or something of that sorts, and be and then, then they rebuild again and they try they try and do it i think now they're going to be in that recycle mode now of seeing what else they can put around Dak by trying to cut salary they got rid of elliot they you know they're they put the tag on pollard and now they're trying to figure out what to do with their receiving core and philadelphia still looks like they're the class of the division the way you know the way they yes they have they lost some of those veterans who sign on for that one year to see if they can get that that ring but they're still so deep everywhere else. So I'm looking at where the Giants fit in that and where they're strategizing. I think the Giants obviously are still just focusing on themselves. I think right now they're the second best team in the division. I honestly feel Ooh, that. The Giants? The Giants are the second best team in the division right now. 
right now, I mean, possibly. I'm going off of last year. They weren't last year. But possibly, also, yes, they could be the second best team in the division right now. Yeah. I'm looking at them. Right now, they're ticking up. Okay? Mm -hmm. You have a lot more optimism of not only of what they what they did last year and what they're looking to do this year, but I'm also looking at two years from now. They still have young enough players that they're still going to be gelling together, and within the two or three years, they're going to be with the class of the uh, division. Right? There, goes, right? there goes Randy thinking 2025 again. Yeah. <laughs> when 2025 comes around, guys, That's you're going right. to be thanking Watch me. Watch out. Okay? Right. You're going to be thanking me. Okay? Um, but just, but just in general though, like I, I look at the Cowboys on the, on the, on the downswing and the, and the commanders are always the, the wild card. You never know what they're going to do. You know, God forbid, you know, um, Doug Williams might come out of retirement and start. To, <laughs> Let me tell start. you something though. The, the thing is about the commanders, they have a talented roster, especially on defense. You know, that defensive yeah, they do. line is second to none in the NFL. That defensive line is very, very good. Um, you know, so if they find somebody to play quarterback for that team, look to have all teams pushing for be to be over 500 again. Look at Lamar year, Jackson, you know? man. I can't yep. see Lamar not wanting to go too far from Baltimore. That could be a real, real interesting. You think Lamar Jackson to, to Washington? There, there has been so much talk of it. You have no idea. There's been so much talk about Lamar Jackson possibly ending up in a commander's uniform. That was like up until about a week and a half ago. That's what I was hearing the most of. So L Lamar, Lamar has to get off of what Deshaun Watson and the Browns owner cleverly did to that division. What he did was he locked <laughs> out the teams from their own quarterbacks. Yeah. That's what they did because Joe Burrow's coming up and Joe Burrow going to be looking at Deshaun Watson like, how much you said you got again? Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I need all of that. I need all of that. Well, and the now, Jalen Hurts deal didn't help, right? But I'm saying, like, yeah. the reason why teams are shying away because teams just don't have that much money sitting around because that's how you, you have to have it in escrow. You have to have it up front now, basically. Well, you have to remember, though, a quarter of Deshaun Watson's salary is just to help pay off a lawsuits. Right. So, so, <laughs> so, so you have to, the, you have to put that in consideration. I think, I think that was such a genius move by the Browns. Cause it's like, yeah, we'll take his baggage, but we'll, we might get rid of one of these quarterbacks in the division. Right. Like we might get rid of both of them. If these teams don't do it the right way, you know, if, if, if these guys want what Deshaun Watson got, then you better give up some stuff to keep these guys unless you have 250 million dollars just to sit around for the next five years you know you know <laughs> you know where he would be where he would be with a good coach and in a great situation and he'd be winning don't Man. say the new york giants no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine him ending up with the pittsburgh steelers and tomlin that would be really interesting wouldn't it well they got pickings i think they got their yeah. quarterback yeah but you know if we're not talking reality here. We're talking fantasy. Yeah, we're, we're, having, we're having a little bit of fun with this whole idea. Imagine, but just think about that one. Think about that pairing. What do you think about him in, in New England? You think that could work over there? I don't know Belichick? if he would be able to handle Belichick. I don't. I, I, how about him in New York with the Jets? Because if, if Rod, if they can't work out this Aaron Rodgers thing, man. Listen, I'll they've already got the money set aside. Right? I first of all, the Jets. Let me tell you something. I always. I feel like the Jets always have a decent, decent roster, mm -hmm. like yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? Like every year, their their roster is always decent. They don't really have a sorry roster. Their schedule don't always show that, of course. And even last year, they started the season 
almost just as good as the Giants. I think they were six and one at one point or something like that. You know, so they had a great start to the season. And then the whole coach, quarterback, back and forth. What are we yeah. doing? We're playing a sorry kid or not. Like we playing the, our savior who broke all of his ribs. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like it was so much going on with them. And then I think Salah lost the team at the end of the year. Yeah. So I don't look for the Jets to be pretty be good at all this year, even with Aaron Rodgers or one of these quarterbacks, because I don't think yeah. they, Salah has that team anymore. And when you lose the team, like the the city knows that, like like the 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 fans they understand what's going on, and you lose the fans too, like, and that's not a good combination. Well, so look for them to kind of revitalize that relationship with. Salah in the team and solemn with the with the fans because I don't think they're feeling him right now. I don't think the the players are feeling him. Yeah. I don't think you know the 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 fans are feeling him, and that that means a lot, especially with the media in New York. You know, like they they'll turn on you real quick. You know what I mean? It'll go from asking, "Hey, you know, do you guys think you're gonna make the playoffs?" to "Hey, like, do you think well, you're gonna you get fired this week?" Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, JC, let me let me ask you though, because you were in a situation in 2017 where the coach sort of lost the team. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Can you describe what that feeling is sort of like? You know, is it more of a paranoia feeling? Is it this like, oh man, this guy's up here trying to give a rah rah speech again, and we're just we're just not having it? Like, yeah. What, it was, what's it like? It was it was a snowball effect that year. You know, it was you know not a good start to the season. Um, and then like right when kind of things were trying to get figured out and, you know, I felt like people were starting to get on board and things were starting to turn it around. We just had to show up with our record. Everybody gets hurt in one game, you know, against the chargers, myself and all of our four receivers got hurt. <laughs> I remember that game, insane. Yeah. Like, uh, Odell, Brandon Marshall, Dwayne Harris, and Sterling got hurt at the same time, like the same game. It's insane. I don't think that's ever been done before. But like then the whole like the doubt started setting in, and it was really early in the season. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and then the the the, the benching of Eli Manning happened, and that was not good. And you know what was so crazy too? I don't know if I told you guys, but. During, like, during my tenure with McAdoo, I actually really liked him as a man. You know, like, he was, for me, like, there was a couple times where he checked on me outside of, like, normal hours. Like, he reached out to me, I think, after I had surgery. Hey, JC, how are you? How was surgery? How are you recovering? I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then my mom, my mom, my daughter uh, something was going on with her. I forgot what it was, but he asked me about my daughter. He was like, hey, man, how's your daughter? I just checking on you, seeing how everything going. And I'm like, man, I like that dude. Ryan, I promise you, the same day, I was having a conversation with Sterling, uh, Sterling, with Kelvin Shepard. Sorry, uh -huh. the other yeah. Shepard. Yeah, yeah. I was having a conversation with Shep, and I was like, bro, I like McAdoo. Like, and I told him what I just told y'all. He was like, oh, that's some real, that's some real dude stuff right there. Yeah. That's some real stuff, right? So I was like, yeah, man, not even 30 minutes later, we had practice, call a team meeting up and say, I'm starting Gino over Eli Manning. I looked at Kelvin. I said, 
take back everything I just said. <laughs> this is insane. This is insane. What are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah you <laughs> can lose it. About here? You lose it real quick when you do something like got that. Got fired and a few a few days later he was a few fired. days later. Yeah, sure. as, as so, soon as as soon as that I'm sorry, but as soon as I remember just the backlash with that with it happened like, so fast. Oh my god. I just yeah. remember Ian Rappaport put the note out the day he got let go. Uh, like we're all sort of like like I'm JC, I'm not lying. I was with Patty Triana and Ed and all those guys and everything. Like, and all of a sudden we're like, oh what and Chris, we're all just like, oh what when it's gonna happen. All of a sudden you just saw the tweet from Ian Rapport. Ben McAdoo just told me he was fired. I was like, Okay. And then that, yep. that's happened. And then all of a sudden five who had three days. Who had, who had and then I know that five minutes later we're like, like I literally said to Chris, I'm like I wonder what's, I know that must have been really tough for Reese. Five minutes later, Jerry Reese has just been let go too. We're like, oh, no one's safe oh now, man. So, and meanwhile, uh, Ed looks at me and he goes, I wonder if Eli's doing cartwheels right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't yeah. think so. That's no, not good when not. your coach gets fired yeah, in the middle not. of the season. No, no. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I really felt for you guys. And, like, I don't, and I don't, JC, I don't know if you ever heard this perspective, but I was talking with, um, you know Pat Capra, yes. Uh, Pat, Pat, and I were talking, and Pat's been in and around this for a long time. And he said the worst thing about well, the worst thing about losing a coach midseason and having to play out the string like that is the players not knowing what their future is going to be. Yep, and knowing that everybody's job is on the line when a new GM comes in, and and. You look at what happened that following training camp going into 2018. You were, I know you were, you weren't resigned at that point, but all of Reese's guys, you know, um, uh, I just, I can go up and down the list. Uh, one of them who was back this year, um, I'm sorry, his name just slipped my brain. He was back at training camp this year. He was on, he was on Tampa, won a Super Bowl with, with Tom, and he came back to the Giants, uh, for the defense. I'm sorry, his name just slipped my brain, but he was with us this year. And he got cut during camp. Um, Andrew Adams. Andrew Adams. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Adams. Yeah. Double A. And, yeah. Double A. Andrew Adams came back, and when I when I remember talking with him, and he's sitting there saying, "His I never wanted to leave here," but when when Gettleman came in, he said it didn't matter who you were, what you were doing. He wanted to clean as much house, and he wanted to get all of Jerry's guys out of there. Yeah. That's the scary part, man. Sure. I guess of getting, of losing a coach halfway through the year because things are falling apart. It's the players don't know what the future holds. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're under a contract. The NFL has that set where. So, yeah, I, I fully agree. I fully agree. I've been in a couple like transitional years like that. Uh, my last year in new Orleans, that was the bounty gate year. That was that year oh, where, God. where Sean Payton was suspended. Greg Williams was suspended. John Vilma, a whole bunch of other players were suspended for that year. And, you know, the coaching was, and this was, you know, signing uh, you know out of college, it's a three four year deal. So I was basically on my last year in New Orleans. My contract was about to be up, and I was just like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be back here." You know, what I'm saying next year, given that the whole regime is gone. Like, yep. you know, Sean Payton. You know, he didn't draft me, but he got me out of college. And Greg Williams was the one that like wanted me. You know what I mean? And the, both of those guys are gone. Like, you know, so and then also. That last year with my in the New York with New York my New York Giants excuse me, the last year there, like, head coach GM gets fired mid season, so now it's like all right and I'm hurt like I'm out for the year 
Like I'm just sitting there and you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like Sterling. Like I, I was like, I was out of the locker room. Like oh, I, I was yeah. getting my rehab and I was going home. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, I was there, but like, I wasn't always there. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I really wasn't like, yeah. I was like, peace peace, peace. i'm no, it, it, it was a little it was a little toxic a little bit like a little yeah. it, you know the losing when you well that's it and, well that's that's winning the thing, winning solves a lot of problems right, right? And so, you know it, it was it was rough you know and i was like kind of depressed you know what i'm saying like sure. it was hurt like probably the end of my career like right. you know what i mean like yeah it was rough you didn't know you had all this ahead of it. So, right, you know. right, right, right. <laughs> well, listen, boys, this has been this has been a fun episode. We have the draft this upcoming week, a uh, week from today. Uh, so we will figure out when we're going to be back next, whether it's going to be to preview the draft or go you know, review what the Giants do. Uh, JC, as always, we thank you for being the uh, the lifeblood, the heartbeat. You are uh you are Ryan Sunshine. That's you know, that's, <laughs> you know. my guy, yeah. my guy Ryan. <laughs> and of course, the professor can't thank you guys enough. Appreciate it. Backsportspage.com. Big announcement coming in coming weeks. Oh, oh right. we have a big announcement coming. Where an announcement you... that an announcement's coming. Gotcha. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Save the day. You're, let me put it this way: <laughs> you're going to get to see these beautiful faces and me possibly on a bigger screen. Hey, hey. There's, okay. there's, a, there's your, there's, there's your tease, as we call it. In the, <laughs> the hook. Set the hook. <laughs> yeah. For for Jonathan Casillas, Ryan Darlington, I'm Randy Zellia, BackSportsPage.com. Thank you for tuning into the Big Blue Report. We appreciate it. Lots of things coming. Go Big Blue. We'll see you next time. <laughs>